3: Hello and welcome to the 361st episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey,
0: this is Matt in Minneapolis. I think. I think I'm here.
2: And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Mass. You know, little guy, it is good to hear your voice, you know, I think all the listeners would agree with me when they say it is nice to hear from you this week we've missed you
0: well, thank you, I mean it it is hard to know, uh, I'm here right now, talking to you guys but am I here uh-huh. in the future when this podcast is out, or when I'm editing this podcast, well who knows,
3: it's really more important, you kind of made me look like Russell Crowe from Beautiful Mind where I was having a conversation with two of my best friends, and only one was actually there. Um, yeah, yeah. And little guy, there's so much that, that you would have talked about. I mean, right off the top, mm. I i mean, at least 12 times you told me that Kate Courtney was the last American to win a World Cup, mm-hmm. and then oh, yeah. I absolutely got slayed and roasted on the old uh, Instagram slash Twitter and email. So many thanks to everyone that reached out. Again, apologies. Uh, I like to think that little guy was there, but he was not no, to point out that Kate I Courtney didn't. was the last American. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't correct. That. I don't want to take
0: that credit. A,
3: a bit of a bit of some conflation, and I definitely overlooked um, Kate Courtney's victory, but yeah. I do not want to undercount Georgia Gould's amazing third place finish. Yes, in uh, like 2008 at the Wyndham World Cup.
2: No, never. Fantastic. And I mean, I, I think, I think it should be maybe a default state for American listeners, um, to any cycling media that when we are referring to the last X to do X, it's always men because the women have done it. We, everybody knows the women, the men are so far behind in cycling accomplishments, um, that, you know, like there's not... They're, 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 the list is too long to go through all the things the men are not that the women have done, yes. um, Kate Courtney being the most recent world champion, world, <laughs> also world, champion. world cup <laughs> world winner, champion. world cup series winner. Like yeah. The, yeah. The, the, the list goes on and on and on. So, well, um, that, that's a but, good uh,
0: point with Worlds, whereas within the men's today that we had an American in the top ten felt huge, and while it was mm-hmm. huge that so we had a, a uh, uh, Kern Revere was 10th, or she was around 10, mm-hmm. it felt big, but it also felt expected in a way that having an American man yeah. in the top 10 was like, oh my God, and seeing uh, her in the top 10 was like, yeah, I expected that. That's a great race, but like, I, I expect her to be in the mix. I never doubted her yeah. being in the mix.
2: Yeah.
3: Well, how do I, yeah, I, I fess up to it. I want to just say... Uh, this, this amazing email from uh, Reese May. I absolutely love it. So I'm going to read it in full. And what was great about this, this came within maybe, th- I get the emails and the tweets that I got came while it was the podcast had just been oh yeah. produced. <laughs> so I was just, in real time, I was seeing these come through and I'm like, Tim, you're an idiot. Like I was, you know, right away, I was just like, oh my God, I'm an idiot. It's going to be a really long day. Um, Baris hit me up with probably one of the nicest emails to call me an idiot, and it was Hi, I enjoy your podcast so much. I often listen while I'm making metal things or getting ready to ride. Anyway, listening to the latest, and I have beef friendly beef like a real beyond burger situation. Blevins won the first mountain bike world cup any American has won since 1994. Y'all forgot, y'all are forgetting about Kate Courtney, she's won Mm -hmm. three, she's an American. Blevins was the first American man to win a mountain bike world cup since 94. The American women are comparatively faster on the world cup level than the American men like they are in cyclocross because the U S is less behind the times than Europe in terms of being completely run by sexist dude bros. Love y'all. And thanks for making a podcast that is so much fun to listen to. Cue Taylor Swift's. If I was a man, if I were a man. Yeah, that pretty much sums it up. And it was so on point. Um, and very solid point for Maurice May is that just kinda goes with what Spencer said, is that the women have already done it. They're way fa- <laughs> way better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so
2: and, and and we we definitely uh fall into that mindset of sort of taking that for granted, I guess, but it, it does deserve calling out um accurately <laughs> yes. when we are uh making blanket statements like that instead of just being like, Oh yeah, of course, dudes. <laughs>
3: And, and Stacey Robinson also hit us up on Twitter. First World Cup win for men in 27 years. Kate Courtney in 2019. Yeah. Um, so Pretty yeah. recent history, Tim.
2: Pretty recent. Yeah, real,
3: real recent. <laughs> um, little guy, so many other things that you had said that were of importance that just never made the podcast. And the first one was <laughs> that um, Volgren was going to look pretty good in the Men's World Championship race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's and real. then I think I we edited it. out the whole part where Spencer was talking about how um, Italy was going to win the Women's World Championship. Yeah. Even though I was all in on Voss.
0: Yeah, uh-huh. it was, no, that was uh, in there. I apologize if I cut any of you guys' hot, hot, awesome takes, but it, was, uh, it wasn't It was the easiest to make that sound normal sometimes. But yes, Spencer was totally 100% uh, had his cards in for the Italian women, and that proved very right where they rode a great race. I think the Dutch still rode a great race. I mean, you both Mm -hmm. nailed Mm -hmm. it. Um, Like, obviously Voss was there too, but like, someone's got to win. That was a great race though.
3: It's the headlines that the Dutch tactics didn't work again, and you're kind of like, yeah, I I totally forgot all about the gold medal race at the Olympics. It kind of failed there too.
0: But like, I feel like they're being way too hard on themselves. I mean... Yes, it didn't work out, and, like, little Mm -hmm. things weren't perfect, but nothing's ever perfect in bike racing, and obviously, the Dutch women have the highest of expectations of, like, any team. Like, the Dutch women and the Belgian men have the highest expectations placed upon them to be perfect and always get everything right, and it doesn't always work. The the Dutch women did way better than the Belgian men. Like, like they got Voss right there to the last minute, and... You know, she she was there with a chance, and, like, it didn't work out. I don't know, just reading so many statements in the press, like, how much they're, like, every one of them is, like, questioning their ride, and, like, if they work together right, and, like, and all. And it's, like, man, it, it doesn't always work, and, like, it's not perfect, and they still yeah. rode a great race. Like, they yeah. didn't totally yeah. biff it.
2: I, I, I know it's worlds, and stakes are high, and there's really only one place that matters, but, like, second place is not not completely screwing the pooch, you know, how like, how many second places like does Marianne bad?
3: Voss have? You know, six. Like <laughs> she has
2: she six. Yeah.
3: And she has it's, three world championships.
2: Yeah.
0: In co- contrast, the, the Dutch, the Dutch women in the elites, they're getting mm-hmm. second and being so bummed with mm-hmm. the day before. Yeah. Eritrea getting second. And people being like, holy cow, like almost more of the headlines as opposed to the guy, the Italian who won the U23 men's race. There's no U23 oh. women's race, which is another topic we can get to. But you know, like, the, the, the so number cool. of people just being like, holy cow, Dude, Eritrea medaled.
1: Sprint was amazing. Oh, b- b-
2: before
3: we get to that, let, let, let's give that um, Gramez, uh, uh amazing sprint full duty. But in the women's race, it was Ruth, <laughs> Ruth Winder's last race. Mm -hmm. Um, as she is retiring at the end of the year, the U.S. uh, Women's Road National Champion. Hoping that she continues on, um, maybe do some gravel or some other things. I don't know. I'm pretty excited to see where she takes her next uh, uh, step. But many kudos to a wonderful career for Mm -hmm. Ruth Winder. Mm -hmm. And then uh, Corinne Rivera uh, getting 10th place um, for the top uh, U.S. women in the uh, Road World Championships.
2: Yeah, you know, I did see, um, speaking of the women's race, one critique of the Dutch on on Twitter, I think it was um, uh, Josie Bean that I saw tweet this, and I don't have it in front of me, so I'm probably going to screw up the exact numbers, but um, she was saying that the, um, what is it, three or four of the Dutch team members are retiring or have announced their retirement uh, this year and that they didn't bring any, like, U twenty three or, or up and coming riders on the squad at all, and uh, how that is a big detriment to the the future of that women's team domination there uh, from the Netherlands. So that'll be interesting to watch uh, over the next couple years.
3: So, well, in particular, I mean, next year will they be able to bring even more? I mean, this disaster of the UCI announcing the great news of a U twenty three women's race. We're all like, fantastic! About yeah. time. It's gonna yeah. be wonderful. There's already been a junior women's road championship race for I don't know how long, but at least what till 2004. I think there was even a juniors women's race down in uh, Hamilton, Ontario. But running the U23 race in conjunction with the women's elite race,
2: yeah,
0: Cocurrent. that doesn't make yeah.
3: much sense to me.
0: I mean, they they've noticed how well it works to usually run the forty five plus men with the um, <laughs> uh-huh. the cat one two women at local cross races. It's never a disaster, mm-hmm. and they saw how smoothly that ran and how how mm-hmm. how that gave everybody a a good clean line. Well, and like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna roll with that. You
2: know? That's that's unfortunate. Um, having been to the world's event in Richmond in twenty fifteen, um, we were all there. We all got to kind of experience the event on the ground and and what it what it encompasses it encompasses shutting down the entire city for an entire week um if they can't find yeah if they can't find a couple hours within that entire week to run a separate race um i don't think they're trying hard enough
3: are we surprised that this is happening when you have um patrick lafave uh Running his ugly head once again into the world just five days ago, um, saying uh-huh. that yeah. he is not a charity and that's why he does not invest in a women's team. Um, very choice words from Patrick Lefebvre. So again, are we really surprised that the women take the complete backseat? Granted, I completely overlooked Kate Courtney's um, win <laughs> in the in the World Cup. I'm, you uh-huh. know, but at least I acknowledge my faults. Whereas. Well, you you also weren't there, even <laughs> yeah, though you're, you you're, the same. your your audio was completely missing last no, week. I'm... <laughs> but I just Patrick Lefave again. It's no, like every no. week with mean, this guy, he's, and he's... and here we are, and we're, you know, with ala Philippe winning again. Now we're gonna have to deal with. Anyways, yeah. I'm angry already, and then that. But the U the U23 not having their own standalone event is ridiculous and dumb, and I, just. Yeah, give them a standalone event. In,
2: I did enjoy, I did enjoy the response from the women's peloton, um, from the Patrick LeFevre oh, uh, Pat comments, where they were all like, yeah. "Oh, good. We don't want you involved in our sport yeah. anyway." Yeah. So that we works would out well for, you for anyway. everyone. Yeah. So, um, you Does know, Specialized
3: sponsor a women's world tour team.
2: Uh, I don't know off the top of my head. That's a good question.
3: Okay. Okay, I'm just
0: curious. I don't have to touch my head either, but I am assuming they do. I can't think of who's riding yeah. Specialized.
3: But I was just, uh, overall, yeah, Spencer, the, the burns back to Lefave of just, like, we don't need you was, Very good. Uh, was, yeah. was also nice. Um, so the other, you know, World Championships happen, and there's mm-hmm. always, like, kind of the, here are the rules that are forthcoming. The other big news that came out was obviously the UCI Gravel Series, Um where it looks like it's uh, going to be happening. The UCI is going to be sanctioning gravel. And obviously, gravel Twitter and gravel Instagram was just so excited to welcome the UCI in um, to the world. Open
2: country. arms, yeah. Open arms. Just, it, was, you know, it was kind of the, disgusting. It was like a love fest. It was a, a little gross. Yeah, Barf Central. It, it wasn't <laughs> just a little... To, here,
3: here's, here's my take on this. Oh, so, I can't
2: wait. I can't wait.
3: Like, like, my take on the UCI is no one's forcing you to go to the UCI Gravel World Championship race. Like, if they want to come in and offer up a jersey, like, more power to them. In fact, about time, I think it's actually kind of cool, personally, to see all of the top riders. I don't know how they're going to do the rules, but that doesn't... I mean, Sea Otter, I don't think, is a UCI mountain bike race anymore. Uh, we know Unbound isn't a UCI race. Like it, do, like, it doesn't mean, all of a sudden, all the lifetime events are going to be uci sanctioned so why are people freaking out if you really want the gravel world championships, go to nebraska and become a pirate for the day that's totally cool too
2: yeah i'm curious what the uci's plan is because there's two important things i think the gravel world that is currently losing its minds and having a meltdown um don't maybe fully grasp about the uci and and they are pure evil and they do drive things into the ground i get that um mountain bikers uh you know are well aware of this um but the uci is historically famously to a fault eurocentric so i don't think they're gonna spend a lot of time and effort trying to take over belgian waffle ride or something like this uh (laughs) over here in the u.s um you know and in uh, in embrace the spirit of gravel. They're just gonna make Trobriolone yeah. and and Strada Bianca like a gravel series somehow or whatever. And uh, it's not gonna affect anything.
3: Well, it it is pretty. I mean, and then the question is: Is Belgian waffle ride gravel? I mean, who cares? Who knows? Like, it's a fun. It's a fun. <laughs> it's a fun ride, right? Like, what's the UCI rule books? As like, if it's a mass start event, cool. And hopefully, you know. I mean, they're really into just mixing up categories anyway, as they are on the road. So I guess just throw everybody together. But you don't have to go. That's what I don't understand on the whole, like, this idea of beef. And it's just like, well, you don't need to go. Um, But cool, I guess, if it gets more people out to racing. uh, Well,
2: I mean, the exciting (laughs) part for me is that I that revelation um with just regular gravel that's unsanctioned as well i i can just not go i don't have to go at all (laughs) it's (laughs) it's been great so i've it's been a big weight off my shoulder because i was trying to figure out what gravel bike i should get and if i needed frame bags and all this stuff so
3: really buried in the news though with that gravel announcement was that the uci is also going to do a snow bike world championships Uh, i mean how just because uci has a finger on the pulse of what's cool and hip in cycling, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. obviously, now's the time for a fat bike world championships. Um, gentlemen, when were fat bikes cool? I mean, I think we talked about fat bike radio when we first started the podcast when- in like 2015, and that was like peak fat bike.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think when we first started is when we we were twenty fourteen, fifteen, sixteen. That was when we were railing.
2: I yeah, guess. yeah, yeah. Because they were just really picking up steam across the country and across the world, and we had been dealing with them for five, six, seven years already in Minnesota, where they were, were born and raised. So
3: yeah, I'm just curious. Like, is this gonna be the play for the world championship jersey? Like, if you if you're kind of like a second, third tier cyclist, like you go for
2: oh, 100%. you go for the fat bikes. <laughs> Hundred percent, and you know what? Now that I'm thinking about it, guys, is there going to be a mixed team relay fat bike event? Because I think we need to get a team together.
3: That may be our Huckleberry, and we just got to find an in with a smaller federation. I think we can train for this, boys.
2: We're going to start re- researching small island countries in the Caribbean yeah, I think and stuff. We can. Um, <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, let's get Tim. Into... I want to say one thing before yeah. we move on: is that uh I looked it up, and i don 't know how I forgot this, but s d. works obviously right they oh, specialized yeah. of course um, thank you duh. i appreciate um, one other thing i 'd like to mention check. is the uh i don 't know if we've noted, noted this before, but there's a women 's continental team called farto oh yeah we've we, have we talked about that
2: i think we have
0: as i i just got it i just couldn't let that go as it's the it's funny every time of all time it's uh, yeah. terrible <laughs> I, why uh, anyway, um, I do want to say one thing about the U twenty three men's race, which is why does that exist anymore? Um, the I don't top, know. the top ten, um, uh, at least most of them are either on world tour teams currently or going to world tour teams next year already. There's mm-hmm. a couple that are like uncontinental teams, mm-hmm. but you got to go really far down the list to even find anyone that doesn't ride for a professional team. And then even you have guys that are riding for like Colpac and stuff who are like like the big Italian feeder teams, yeah. it doesn't feel like it makes as much sense. I, I don't know if it should go away, but it, it's weird to me that guys are in there that are already in the world tour or going to the world tour or whatever, you know, like like yeah. like uh Barnosini or whatever, who won, he he's already he's been a trainee with Trek and he's 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 signed through twenty twenty three. So it's not like really sniffing out new talent i mean no all established guys
2: it's similar to the to the white jersey in the tour at u25 best rider um it's kind of a joke at this point like anybody over 25 they're they're gone they're they're over the hill they're dropped they're done their career is over you know i am i don't think either of those things make a whole lot of sense anymore
3: it's why we need the the gray jersey but um little guy we talked about it um briefly i know that um I know first place in the U23 race went to Italian Filippo Baroncini. but we did talk about, uh, Biniam Gourmet Halu from Eritrea who got second with a monster sprint. The UCI Uh. was blowing up my Twitter. The amount of retweets I saw of going from 12th place to second in the matter of a hundred meters. Um, I did go to his uh, his uh, cycling page. He is signed to Wanty now through twenty twenty four. Awesome! Yeah, right now on the mid-year. Delco the Delco team.
0: No, Amazing he's on Wanty kid. now. He already transferred. He already did transferred. He? Okay,
3: so, started the year on Delco. They need money. pretty pretty <laughs> awesome uh, result and first ever me- medal for Eritrea. Um, I can't wait to to follow his career and uh, uh, see how things go. But uh, wonderful, wonderful result.
0: yeah Yeah. he's he's always been crushing he won a race what a couple weeks ago so he's already got uh he's already got a bunch of pro wins pro uh you know transferred mid-season so he's a hot commodity
2: yeah absolutely and yeah if you haven't seen that video um you should definitely seek it out because it is a it is a good sprint in general uh but the uh the the holes that he found through uh, and the gaps that he exploited um, was just a joy to watch. Just a a joy to watch as a bike racer. Um, I I a couple more meters in that race and he would have taken the whole thing.
3: And then on the the junior side, um, men's junior uh, went to Norway pair. Hoggins, and then zoe backstatt of great britain out sprinting kea schmidt of the united states um yeah so that's pretty much it i don't think we need to talk about any other world All championship right, let's, let's do it Tim. whatsoever let's, let's get right into the pre- lap we're just gonna let's r- talk
0: about how you're feeling uh your enemy number one in cycling al philippe Masterclass today timmy
3: I hope at this point my audio cuts out like yours last week, so no one has to uh, (laughs) deal with the shame that I now feel. Mm -hmm. I did lose five pounds um, for putting it on Michael Matthews. It would have been an amazing payout. Mm -hmm. Um, Shout out to friend of the pod, uh, Martin, for hooking me up with the old uh, solid odds at Ladbrokes, 50 (laughs) to 1. But, um, yeah, you know, it was... uh, I don't want to say it was humble pie. It was a very disappointing... um, moment because uh i guess sometimes the bad guys do win um so
0: (laughs) i might i might be a fan now tim i I
3: knew uh, this was was coming today i knew this it was epic it was it was great you know sometimes the bad guys do amazing things watching
2: this race and i watched the attack that ala philippe made and then i watched him get reeled in and i watched the attack that Julian Alaphilippe made and I watched him get reeled in and I watched the attack that Julian Alaphilippe made and I watched him get reeled right. in and then I watched the attack that Julian Alaphilippe made. And I said, you know what? This guy's awesome. This race is awesome. <laughs> this guy's crushing it. This is exactly what I want bike racing to be like. And he made yeah. the move stick and he pulled all the pain faces a lot. The advice from Tommy Vokler earlier yeah. in the day. <laughs> and it was it was a sight to behold and Tim if you, if you thought it was bad
3: the way that I got roasted on the internet for when I failed to mention Kate uh-huh. Courtney winning a World Cup you should have seen the inbox and the uh the tweets that uh came my way when Ala Philippe um stumbled home in first place at the World Championships just <laughs> by happenstance like by it. <laughs> by uh-huh. no efforts on his own oh, nothing amazing oh,
0: <laughs> taking did, the win do you are you guys as nervous as I am when he's solo at the end of the race? Because oh. he is so twitchy. He goes around corners at such weird yes. angles. He's <laughs> yes. looking back. He's. I'm constantly fearful he's he going is... to crash himself out. And there was a point where I was like, oh my God, this is one of the most amazing performances mm-hmm. I've ever seen, and you're going to fall down all by yourself mm-hmm. with 3K to go, aren't you? And lose this thing. Mm-hmm.
2: I, I almost, I thought he was going to eat it in his victory celebration as well. Um, <laughs>
1: it's possible. But, uh,
2: those moments are when, like I forget throughout the year because he's probably because he's on Tinkonic and, and, and he just rides for this powerhouse team or whatever. But when he gets out in these moments, is when I remember how French he really is. Um, oh my god! Yeah. And you're just like, oh man, he's just like, oh, you're on the edge of your seat the whole time because he he he's going to flame out amazingly or he's going to do it somehow against all odds, and that is. That is why people love French cycling and French cyclists. And mean um, and the fact that he is the, the defending champ, also, it, yeah. huge. And um, guys, I, I hate to do this to you, Tim, but I think a, oh. I think a nomination is in order. For that I, slow I, oh, ride podcast gonna, championship belt, you're gonna do this. I'm gonna, to gonna me? second
0: that right now. I'm I think we that. have to. I, I would that. love
2: to hear an argument against that was based in any sort of fact.
3: Well, fact one, don't really care for him. Fact uh. two, um, <laughs> he's still not Peter Sagan who won it three years in a row. So maybe when he wins it oh. three years in a row, he can uh, he wow, can the get the bar, bar has been set um, high. I, I, I I I do have a general question here, so.
2: Not really a I question have a general question as well. Well, I, I think <laughs> the, com-
3: the general comment is, it is pretty. It is great to see a World Championship jersey battling for races that any given day the World Championship jersey is going to be up there in the front, a la Sagan 15, 16, and 17, where any given day you could see some, some fun. Um, I understand why you guys are... Today's performance was pretty amazing. Uh, yeah.
0: Uh <laughs> Wow, we were with this Tim? So uh,
2: here's well, what I think.
3: Say, it's currently with Wout van Aert mm-hmm. uh from episode 352. So it's who, been a Who got a 9 episode run.
2: Got embarrassed yeah. today on it's home soil with the strongest team. He
0: he might be able to pry it back next week, but I think he's going to have to give it up right now. We got we got Roubaix,
2: the form looks good for
0: Roubaix, but um mm-hmm. I think... Alaphilippe. I think, All right, I'll, I'll,
3: for I'll, I'll give it to you guys. I'll give it to you guys because of just... I don't want my own personal <laughs> um, angst of Philippe For me, if Any too, other rider, like the, you would
0: be gushing.
2: Yeah, the the, the panache with, with which he did it, the fact that he was the reigning champ and still pulled it off, and the fact that literally last episode despite little guy's track not being there i can vouch that none of us talked about him as being like a favorite and he so he he fills my kind of underdog role as well and um, under
3: underdog the defending right come on that's wild right no you had me you had me agreeing that he should get the belt now i kind of want to take it away Uh with him being Uh the the underdog come on um,
0: I, I wouldn't go as far as underdog, but he was not. Uh, more More other guys on that French team had won recently. Yeah. We, He'd been there, but he hadn't been that sparkling Alafleet form. Can we, he, he found Well, he did
3: get beat today. by a young Harry Potter um, a couple weeks yeah. before. Uh, pretty cool yeah, to see. Yeah,
0: working for him today.
3: Let's give some shouts to some uh, performances that definitely are worthy um, in, in starting from uh, least worthy to most worthy. So, first, I'm going to say Remco, uh, Evan mm-hmm. Pohl. Looked fantastic out there today, doing the early work for the team. Having to put up with old man Eddie Merckx. Maybe we should just stop going to Eddie Merckx for um, from quotes. But the way that he just throws all the shade at Remco um, is very disappointing. But Remco, uh, great, good, solid performance. Um, Next, huge effort on my list is uh, Stibar. Fantastic to see Stibar there. Um, Is he out of contract for next year?
0: I think so. Um, yeah, he's out of contract. Well, I mean, I bet they're going to re I mean, yeah, he's currently out of contract and he's got Roubaix coming next week and the form looks good. So, uh, <laughs> he's, got,
3: he's out of contract. He's, he's in mm-hmm. a contract year. This is a year. Um, it's been a, I mean, I, he's won um loop two years ago. hasn't really had anything well, since, he, but it, he had the solid heart problems performance here. this
0: year. <laughs> Let's not forget. So yeah, it's pretty but impressive it, that he's back after that and back at this level. So,
3: yeah, it was great to see. And then, uh, american uh nelson N- nielsen paulus yeah he nailed of it You <laughs> said it first. like you've never
0: said his name before <laughs> well i don't i don't think i have <laughs> i we didn't i'm sure we didn't I have podcast but right after the tour when he won uh mm-hmm. san sebastian uh and this year so yeah he's having a huge year and boys, if you look at his uh, what he's doing coming up, uh, he's gonna be flying that flag at the Italian classics. The form is there. Woo.
2: Oh, interesting! All right,
0: I'm excited. I know we got Rubey next week, but we also got Italian classics starting next yeah. week. So
3: uh, I, I'm excited so for Rubey. So we wanna, do have a champ, uh, championship belt transfer to Julian uh, Alafidi, okay. episode 361.
2: Official. All right, I, I appreciate you. Um, You know, setting your personal feelings aside on this one, Tim, because that was a a belt-worthy performance on the biggest day, um, I thought. Um, I want to do a real quick uh, top 10 rundown here with you. Uh, I want to know just up or down, if their stock is up or down. This isn't really a buy-sell, but I just want to know, like, how I want to see the market layout here. Um, For the men's uh, road race, Julian Alaphilippe. I, I believe we all in agreement with this belt that his stock is up. Yes. Second the place, Dylan is. Van Barl. Is his stock up? Who is this guy? He's, he did <laughs> win dwarves.
0: And, uh, yeah. So, he was good this spring. Um, I don't know. You guys saw that he had hurt himself pretty badly midseason, and he's back at the top. So yeah. in that training program that I sent him earlier in the year that involved him getting hurt
2: little guys injury corner uh all those guys are always doing well six months later um michael valgren definitely
3: definitely up because he hasn't been doing too i mean solid result the the stock is definitely up
0: okay he here's why i say the stock is really up because you also got to take in the fact that he's had a few winless years he's won uh, he's won his previous two races and then he just pulled third at the world championship okay he had some pretty Pretty lean years from a guy so, that had won some major races.
2: So. I'm, I'm guessing maybe he's in a contract year as well. Then um, Jasper Jasper Stuyven, um, uh, kind of a kind of a, a mid name, not somebody you totally wouldn't expect, but but the, chocolate the one weight man. of Belgian on his shoulders yeah. d- is fourth place good enough? Stock up but, or down?
3: I think I think it's a hold because he did win Milan San Remo, so you got to look from like it's been a solid year, and fourth place is is pretty good um, for the chocolate.
2: Yeah.
0: If okay. it wasn't in Belgium, I'd say stock up. The fact that it's the home home race um, mm-hmm. makes us tough, for I, it. but great ride.
2: I feel like his his stock is down, unfortunately. Yeah, uh, f- despite the great ride. Um, uh, but Roubaix. somebody somebody I've never heard of here in fifth, Niel- Nielsen Pao- Paulus. Definitely up. an an
3: up, right? Solid result, top American finish in decades for a male rider <laughs> in the world championship.
2: Uh, I think uh, Stock is up. Yeah, I've never heard of this guy, so great ride. Um, sixth place, and Pidcock. Is down. that good enough? Is that good enough for you guys?
0: No. Sixth place. That's good. That's good for me. St- Interesting. What,
2: look, I, come on. No, Stock is down.
3: He's the gold medal Olympic mountain bike world champion i definitely needed a top five from pitcock he's like 13 years old
0: man give him a break (laughs) okay (laughs) he's all right he's three feet tall he's 13 years old he just i mean he's racing
3: for a powerhouse country great britain Uh full complement of riders
0: i know Um, we got a lot of british fans but we don't really need to pander that bad Uh
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah this isn't uk corner tim uh yeah yeah. (laughs) Yeah. um okay I think I know where you guys are going to go with this, uh, based on earlier conversations. But seventh place, yeah. Zendek Stebar. Bye 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 That's bye 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 bye.
3: Strap Definitely a rocket up.
2: to that man's back yeah. because he's going to the moon. All right, all right. Now here's the tough one. Eighth place, Matthew Vanderpoel. Way down. It's down. Stock oh, I, has to be down, right?
0: No, I say up, man. Uh, considering how little he's raced. So, mm-hmm like, once or twice, and he's been injured, I am actually impressed that he got this good of a result. This, for me, bodes well
2: for Roubaix. I mean, I guess you could say he's up because he did defeat Wout van who <laughs> <laughs> won't that even was, be on this list because he finished 11th. Inevitable. <laughs> um inevitable.
0: In a normal year, we would expect way more for Vanderpool, but in the fact that he's been mm-hmm. injured for, like, most of the last two months, the fact that he... Rode a super smart non-Vanderpoel race to eight. That like, was, the was wildest He was pretty anonymous, yeah. and and that's what he actually needed to do because he had, probably doesn't have the miles in the legs right now, and he did it. Mm-hmm. and so I'm impressed with the restraint he showed.
2: All right. Yeah. Number nine, this one I'm curious about as well, Florian uh, Seneschal from France. M-
3: major upgrade. Yeah. Fantastic. He did win a stage in the Vuelta this year as being a lead-out man. Um, I think this is going to put him to the next level to, uh, you know, kind of break through the, um, the log jam that is over at the world's worst team.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I kind of feel the same. He, but he is sort of elevating himself in the pecking order over there. Um, with, they've always, they got a lot of guys who kind of fill his role, but he's, he's making a, making a case for himself. Um, especially going into like Roubaix next week.
2: And, um, in tenth place, from first in my predictions to worst in this list, Sonny Cabrelli. Um Up or down? How'd you guys feel? Who? I'm gonna say
0: down because I think we expected a little more, and I think unfortunately he 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 just marked he marked the wrong mm-hmm. guys.
2: He did. I think yeah.
0: the form is there, but I think he his tactics were wrong, so he kind of mess that up because he he has the legs for it again another um, guy going into next week who could crush it so
2: you think with the italy uh winning the u23 men's race and the women's elite race do you think the weight was on his shoulders a little bit or do you think uh italy federation was like oh cool we're good phone it in whatever
0: (laughs) i do not believe they were like that when when they got to the (laughs) the men's race at all um yeah, no, uh, yeah. I think the weight was definitely on his shoulders, and um, you know, the yeah, it was it was a little too much in terms of where he's keeping his All eyes. Right. He was right. staring at Wout too much.
3: Okay, um, I I do want to just shout out also Lawson Craddock for digging deep to beat Gianni Moscone. Oh, um,
0: huh, you love to see and just it. being <laughs> the consummate teammate for 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 Paulus, like trade yeah. team. On national team, like uh, he's done some huge work for him this year, and it's, he's yeah. definitely owed a few beers.
3: Well, overall, world's is done in the book. Where's it at next year, little guy?
0: No idea. Don't know. <laughs> you know, they re- gave it to Rwanda for a few years from now, and that's a whole other greenwashing episode. Oh, we can probably hit that one. And
3: I didn't see that yeah, announcement.
0: The man. next, yeah, yeah, it's going to Rwanda in twenty twenty five. Twenty twenty five. I don't yeah. know. And they're gonna do we the could, um, the
3: the hill that is always pictured in the um, tour of rwanda there's like the major I, like brick climb that's always uh, i don't
0: even know if there's a course yet i mean i've got a course in st paul and and they keep they keep hanging up when i call about uh-huh. it so i don't uh-huh. i don't know what's up with it man it's...
2: well um, anyways i wanna give one quick shout out uh, to 16th place in the men's race, men's race nils pollet uh, from germany at only 525 down Uh, From Julian Alaphilippe and also to Lada Kopecki from Belgium, their biggest result of the weekend uh, in 16th (laughs) place, only one second down from Elisa Balsamo, who won the women's elite.
0: Well, Paula did start the basically start the move that pried away the main group of favorites that ended up propelling. Uh, uh, Ella eventually now, to finish. Um, I'm not, he's, he was always too tall for
2: this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not always going to do this, but just in case people are newer to the podcast and aren't aware of our inside jokes about 16th place, it is, I don't know, from episode 40 maybe or somewhere around there. Very early on, 16th place is a harbinger of good things to come. Um, they are yeah. the first place that doesn't matter, that no one remembers at all. um, but it is good enough result that maybe next year they'll be on the top step. So watch those names.
3: Yeah. In, we also should say that um, I will be at the Trek Cross Cup, and we have a 16th place uh, jersey we'll be giving away in a few weeks' time uh-huh. uh, for the women's uh, 16th place in the women's elite race. We were unable to locate the 16th place um, winner last year, so it's only natural that we're going to uh, bring it back because um, the winner gets a Badgers jersey, a University of Wisconsin jersey. But we know the real champion is the University of Minnesota hockey jersey in 16th <laughs> place. So uh, <laughs> keep an eye out for the, uh, the pictures of that.
2: Yeah. No, uh, no 16th this year in the World Cup for the men's elite race because um, we're not going to buy another jersey. Uh, and last year we <laughs> gave it to uh, Lauren Sweek, who went on to do great during the rest of the year. So the, the, um, you know, the theory holds. It does. And with that, let's, um,
3: let's check out um, with our man on the ground, 25th place finisher at the UCI World Championships in Flanders, Michael Matthews.
1: This is Mitch Stocker, and you're listening to Life in the Peloton, also the Slow Ride Podcast afterwards. <laughs>
3: All right guys, here we are in the prime lap, and before we get to the normal shout out to all of our favorite shows on the Wide Angle Podium Network, want to give everybody a chance head on over to Buckler Skincare for our very own Miracle Wap Chammy Cream. Buckler Skincare handcrafted in Tallahassee, Florida. And we'd also like to thank Grimper Brothers for their continued support with two exclusive coffee blends that you can get delivered to your door by heading over to wideanglepodium.com coffee. And while you're there at wideanglepodium.com, you can find all of our cohorts and shows, including Cyclocross Radio, who is continuing to put out the hits and the bits on all <laughs> types of Cyclocross racing, including the World Cup Series that are forthcoming. And the UCI races that are starting to take place, including this past weekend's racing in Rochester. So, check that out at wideanglepodium.com. Mm-hmm.
2: You know, Tim, I, I got um, some reports uh, through the wire. I didn't get any photographic evidence, so I cannot confirm these. Um, but I did hear that Ala Philippe was using the Miracle WAP chamois cream today, and that single is what sent him up that climb. <laughs> With all those extra watts.
0: <laughs> yeah.
3: Oh, I know it's true. That's why he won, just like me. I'm a winner every day when I use the Miracle Wap Chammy cream. All right, guys, let's get back to the show.
1: My name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride Podcast.
3: Alright, it's time for listener emails. You can always email us at the slowridepodcast at gmail.com, where all emails are greatly re- received. So, Ian Kennedy hits us up. Worlds, puke emoji. The only thing worse than Ala Philippe winning worlds is having to watch it on flow bikes. Wow, Ian. Ian came with the heat.
2: Yeah, um, I know you guys have some some strong feelings about the uh, the paywall there with the world championships and flow bikes and I would love to hear in excruciating detail all about it.
0: Uh well I mean I forgot I had a Flow bikes subscription and I was about to cancel it to save a little coin on these mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. times and then I I heard somebody say they have the world championships. It's like, oh wow I guess I won't cancel it yet. So uh, there's a lot of other things on Flow Bikes these days. Uh, None of it looks like anything else I care about, but they have stuff other than cycling.
3: I think they are going to have the Cyclocross World Cup um, forthcoming, so (sighs) we will see. They
0: might keep my money.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I just, it's the, yeah, well, um, thanks for the beautiful email, uh, Ian. Uh, Great to get. Chris McGrath hits us up with a dilemma. Hey, guys, I've got a dilemma. My old bike shop was sold and decided to discontinue having a club and team. Despite never doing a ton of racing, it was always an easy choice for a kit when when I did. Mm -hmm. Now I have no affiliation and I'm not interested in that old kit. I'm not a member of any other clubs and for damn sure nobody is going to sponsor me. Should I pull out the old 7-Eleven kit? The 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 off-the-shelf Rafa shirt? What to do? I just started working with a coach again, so I feel like I have to put in some actual effort into this. The last mm-hmm. time we worked together, I managed to get a podium wearing an organized club training kit from the previous year's design. It has haunted me ever since. <laughs> I'm also asking because I feel that, of all people, you guys seem to appreciate how to overthink things like what race kit to wear when you Absolutely. have no chance in hell of winning. <laughs> Absolutely. I say this yeah. with the deepest respect, as clearly we are very much alike. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> very solid point. So. Mm-hmm. What kit should Chris wear? Um, he does not want to wear the old shop kit, which mm-hmm. I understand is, as Swift Cycle is no longer in business. Rest in peace, 607 West University Avenue in Gainesville, Florida. A wonderful shop. Um, now it's a, a coffee shop and a vegan ice cream parlor. Um, I will say that uh, the Swift Cycle kit still means a lot to me, um, I, I but I don't wear that in a race. But I also haven't raced... Um, since I moved to Orlando. So I don't know what I would do here.
2: What, what? Well, so uh, first of all, the blanket, uh, the correct answer is wear whatever you want, whatever you feel comfortable, and it's yeah, fine. Yeah. No one cares. But the actual answer is yeah, we need to overthink this, guys. Um, we need to dissect a few things here because he brings up all the all the all the points right like you're not gonna ride for another shop because you know whatever um you don't you don't want to invest in club fees or dues or any of this stuff because you don't really race that much but you need something to ride in um can you just buy the off-the-shelf rafa thing or or is that gonna be you know i don't know there's you a really there's want to whole...
3: wear an off-the-shelf rafa thing while you're racing though i mean everyone else is going to be in it um, So it looks like you actually got a teammate. <laughs> I think you go primal wear. Of course. Full primal wear. It's a
0: good just that's a Just good. throw it out.
3: Because there's yeah. multiple reasons why. One, you're working with a coach. People aren't going to expect you to be in actual pretty good fitness. So then mm-hmm. when you attack with the primal wear jersey in the local cross race or road mm-hmm. race that you're doing, they may do the old double take, like pff, he's in a primal wear jersey. He sees that that frog on a seat post. Slowly ride away from him
1: mm-hmm.
3: or ride to ride away from them. Sorry, and uh, mm-hmm. before you know it, you've got the most important gap. Um, mm-hmm. I would also recommend if you're going to wear the Primal Wear uh jersey, you you wear a helmet visor to really just sell <laughs> the, the whole setup, and they're uh-huh. going to not give you the respect that you deserve. And you've invested a lot of money in this, so that's my vote. Primal that wear.
2: is that uh, is a solid that's a really point, good. yeah. Um, I, so much I do of, remember when.
0: Oh, I was going say, when we raced more, there would be occasionally the the older guy that showed up, you didn't recognize him, mm-hmm. uh, his bike mm-hmm. would be dirty, his socks would be sort of like the elastic wouldn't work in them anymore because they're from six <laughs> or seven years ago, and mm-hmm. uh, the fact that you couldn't shake that guy was
2: be so frustrating. Just Unbelievably you know. frustrating, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Tim, Tim, you make a couple of solid points. I mean... Uh, N- not the least of which is that the primal Jersey is going to be about what a third of the price of the, the Rafa Jersey. Um, easy and it will fit. I, 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 I understand. <laughs> I think I would probably go with some sort of vintage, um, All right. Jersey. But the, the big problem I have with that, although I love like the old, um, you know, castorama or, or elf jerseys or, or, yeah you know Mm. team z whatever it is like they're all great they're all gonna be like one quarter zip and that (laughs) i just can't i can't handle that these days i need i'm gonna need my full schlack at some point and i mean Uh even just ease of removal um is is Mm -hmm. an issue with a quarter zip jersey so you gotta you gotta tread lightly in the vintage market
0: now i've i've done two bike races you guys Uh, since uh, COVID shut down the world. I did uh, a mountain bike race this summer, and I (laughs) Uh did a cross race a couple weeks ago. I don't even remember if we talked about it. Um, It destroyed me. Um, (laughs) I'm not fit. I have both times gone uh, with the uh, home-dyed tie-dye cotton T-shirt for the race, and I'd say that's the best pick.
2: I um, was... Going if, to make a joke that you just wore a t-shirt and then you actually did, did just wear a t-shirt.
0: I mean, I tweeted, I, or I, I put a picture on Instagram, of me putting the number on it. I did. I thought those um, were fake. Here's here's the reason why. Those are real. You're not going very fast uh, when you're a, an older racer sometimes, and uh, you want to just you just want to have the most airflow, uh-huh. and the most comfort possible. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You're not. You don't uh-huh. need. You don't need arrow. Arrow isn't everything. Uh-huh. So uh, uh, go with is comfort. This is this when we're showing
3: our our signs of being bad business people where we have not suggested that they should just buy a Slow Ride podcast t-shirt um, from WideAnglePodium.com? Go to the
0: store? and there's Yeah, some... they should. They should. That's a good one to race in. I guess I should have raced in the uh, Slow Ride shirt, meaning yeah. we don't quite have our jersey we've discussed about ha- getting a slow ride jersey together. We don't have that together yet, so we can't no. tell. Them
3: it is only episode that. 361. We have not done a slow ride podcast kit yet. Um I think we're you know going to get to a nice round number around here at some point maybe around episode uh, 400 by then we'll we'll kind of have something put together. Um well but yeah, I, I mean he's got three three great opportunities here. The vintage mm-hmm. quarter zip, yeah. I understand where Spencer's going. Um, little guys out there actually racing, um, with some solid airflow, like you said. Uh, I, I did hear a little guy was out there on a cross bike that had, um, a fork mount. Um,
0: sans Sans panniers. Yeah, Yeah, I took the panniers off. Yeah, you took so the pin off. That's, that that's
3: good, but you still have a rack on the front that you're racing a cyclocross race with. Is that correct?
2: Well, Oof. it's my commuter bike.
0: Yeah, it's my commuter bike. So oh, here's boy.
2: here's here's my uh, real answer, and I know, uh, Tim, you've kind of gone sort of down this road before with the pro team jerseys and the support of, of wearing them um, just out on rides and stuff, and I know that's different from a race, but I'm thinking why not just support pro teams that you that you're into you know when you when you go yeah. to play some pickup soccer at the park you're gonna wear your barcelona jersey because mm-hmm. you're you're a homer you know and then that's fine um i'm thinking if i had the bucks and i had uh you know um the internet savvy i probably would have picked up one of the ef palace uh jerseys from the giro um limited when, edition i would be racing that in, in that baby because someone no would, yeah no, try that's. trying to rob you it's a, yeah, they probably would. It's not an official um, team jersey, so you're kind of in the gray area there. Um, otherwise, uh, the equally limited edition um, Legion of LA kit could be an extremely good one to pick up. Um, and the one that I personally have picked up um, was the Squid Bikes um, Cyclocross Team kit. Uh, and that's what I would probably race in if I were to race, which I am not going to.
3: Well. <laughs> Chris, solid, solid dilemma here, Chris. Um, I think that the real answer is just get a rock racing kit. Um, that would just Ooh. be uh, fantastic.
2: Oh, lots um, of good options there on uh, AliExpress. You can you can find those kits. I'm sure the quality is very high.
3: Well, Chris, again, thank you for the great email and uh, best of luck right back in and let us know how you do in your return to racing and what you decided to wear. Um, shout out to Joe. Fabrice just wanted to say, I got the French submarine joke, even though I felt like it got torpedoed by the crowd um, <laughs> last week. Thanks, Joe. Um, uh, the worst part is that uh, little guy also did not appreciate my French submarine joke mm-hmm. last week on his <laughs> unheard. Um, sorry, sorry, and then okay. also, uh, shout out to little guy um, for the lead out mm-hmm. trains. Oh, sorry. Shout out to Clinton for this email. My slow ride f- friends are election night greetings from America's hat and the birthplace of your favorite American rider, VO2 Max champion, Michael Woods. Here's the scenario. <laughs> I live in a middle-sized northern mining town, not very group ride-, ride accommodating, mostly solo riders. And the local bike shop, one of three, has its riders going around with a lead-out train, running stop signs, beyond the Mm. right-hand turns, nabbing KOMs. Question one, is this legit? I've only watched a few episodes, but I haven't seen worse retirement ever with a lead-out train. Question two, is it bad for business having the bike shop lead-out train spanking all the potential clientele? (laughs) What do yous think, eh? Signed, time to buy a power meter to save my ego, you hosers. Yeah, yeah. So, solid email from Clinton. Couple of things here, uh, gentlemen. First question: mm-hmm. Is it legit to get a leadout train to nab Strava KOMs? Uh,
2: yes, mm. but not in the sense that he is describing. Um, running the stop, running signs stop signs and things signs? like that—bad, very bad idea. Um, very bad look. That's for assuming the that shop. there's
3: traffic up there in Canada. I mean, they just put the stop signs out there so
0: you have someone to wave to every now and then. <laughs> I thought the stop signs in Canada were just. When Americans are up there. just Yeah, to the stop signs in Canada are mere suggestions.
2: Yeah, much like they are in the um, entire city of Philadelphia.
3: I will say this. I am <laughs> 100% way, different, different a effect. fan of lead-out trains to get KOMs. I've partaken in this. It is also my dream to one day get the three of us together and we'll get someone to rent a U-Haul truck that we could just draft behind and go around um, a city and just steal everybody's KOMs so they all mm-hmm. get the email at the same time. I think that that could mm-hmm. be... A lot of fun, so I'm I'm a hundred percent into this. And then the second question, little guy, how do you feel on uh, lead out trains for KOMs on Strava? Uh,
0: I feel a little wishy washy. I don't know. It's like ketones.
1: It's just
0: like it's like local Strava <laughs> uh-huh. ketones to me. You know, I uh-huh. I I don't think it's against the rules technically, but the the local governing body does advise you not to do it until they so have more information. So it's against the spirit of the thing. A little bit. Um, I've also never even uh-huh. come close to a, okay. a segment. So Question two
3: I Is it bad for business having the bike shop leadout train spanking all of the potential clientele?
2: Absolutely <laughs> not. This is the best thing question. for business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I think, unfortunately, yeah. uh, I, you know, growing up in, in Minneapolis, there was the uh, grand performance uh, sprint ride that they had. And um it would go along and you we get destroyed um by yeah. all these GP dudes from Grand Performance and you'd be like, Okay, well that's the shop where all the fast guys are. I need to buy all my stuff there. Like Yeah. Yeah. Um they know what's up. And it- yeah, it's it's great marketing. Um you just uh maybe maybe pay attention to those stop signs or set up I don't know if people know this, but on Strava you can make new KOM segments and just make yeah. them so they're not like dangerous and then y- you know you can win those ones
3: um, little guy email from Eric Pearsons hey guys like the podcast but can you take it easy with how many times you say little guy I was listening to the podcast playing a drinking game where <laughs> I took a shot of beer every time you said it and passed out before the end of the show Uh-oh. I woke up at Uh-oh. 5 p.m. the next day with a bucket sitting next to my face Eric and the, um, the worst part I can't was do last about week. about that. You didn't even answer us.
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Not at all. You know, um <laughs> bucket I I think the tie in for little guy with this with his infamous podium bucket from last time he got a podium um when he was challenged to bring something random up to the podium. Um <laughs> I think there's a nice tie in there and it's kind of a beautiful thing. So I, I don't think we can tone down uh the little guy uh commentary.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'd uh, like to correct the record and ma- let you know I have gotten a podium since then. Uh, but, I don't uh, believe not it. Ma- not many, not many. Now, did you
2: br- did you bring a bucket with you?
0: No, I didn't yeah, always so have a bucket. That was a that was a one-time <laughs> bucket. Doesn't care. Co- now. lab. <laughs> Last week
3: there was a solid 7-minute segment where we opened up a care package we got live on that we got sent to little guy and myself. Major <laughs> shout out to Jason Nix and Ryan yes. Elray over at Ride More Bicycles in Pensacola, Florida. Ryan Elray, who you may remember, former bartender at sluggos who um, used to work with Stephen Hyde, uh, Pensacola, the home of Stephen Hyde. So uh, old friends of, uh, of of Stephen Hyde there. Um, little guy, I got a sweet AG2R bottle. Um, and you I remember they look awesome. You got a sweet Kofidis bottles, and Spencer was a little hurt. Spencer, yeah. I've never seen the disappointment on the face than Spencer when he did not get any mail. Now I like to think things were lost in the mail because he did just move from Boston to West Holyoke. So now is the opportunity for Jason and Ryan to come together <laughs> oh, to get Spencer blast. a water bottle, and they mm-hmm. did, and I asked them this, and they said that. They're concerned. They're concerned that they don't know what water bottle to get Spencer. Now, we all know that Elite makes the best water bottles possible, so it needs to be one of those. They're super light. Now, Hmm. they asked me what did I think, and I said, well, Spencer is a huge, huge fan of UAE Emeritus. Um, Hmm. Definitely (laughs) the team that he completely wants to support. Uh Um, Little guy, what team would you say— Spencer should get a a bottle of. The if you had to sum it up, current current Peloton team. Well, he does have a Cervelo. Team?
0: He does have a Cervelo, right? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. get him a get him a jumbo. I would uh, like that. Would look, look pretty nice. Um, he could go a little vintage. Get some. Maybe they got some DSMs kicking around from a couple years ago. Oh. Um, Oof. that uh, they're trying to get rid of because I can't imagine those are the coolest water bottles. So. Um, and the nice thing is, like, somebody sees he's got those jumbo ones, they'll think that maybe he just sprinted next to the Peloton and they gave them to him. You know, so.
1: <laughs> so here
3: are the Pro Tour teams that, that Elite sponsors, because the key is it's got to be an Elite water bottle. So we have UAE,
0: mm-hmm. we have
3: FDJ,
2: mm-hmm. nice, AG2R,
3: Intermarche Wanty, Kofidis, Israel Startup Nation, the Ineos Grenadiers, Movistar, Team DSM, or Bahrain Victorious. Um, I, knowing Spencer as well as I know Spencer, I know you're going to think that FDJ is the, the, the team of choice here for our good friend in uh, Holyoke, Mass. But, I mean, I don't think you can go wrong with that with a, a UAE bottle.
0: I'm not that cruel. I'm going to suggest a uh, Wanty. <laughs> if you're thinking of sending Spencer something, send him a Wanty bottle.
2: If, uh, it's just yeah.
0: confusing in euro enough that it looks super uh, cool when you're love like, at the coffee shop mid group ride.
3: So, what's the best thing ever about these water bottles, okay?
0: What I'd say the best thing about a Wanty bottle is, uh, Spencer, if you get the kit and you got the bottles, you show up mid group ride. Even if you run into some serious cycling fans, they uh-huh. won't know. Whether you're like on the team or not, I mean, does anybody know who's? And on that's it? a pretty
3: solid point.
1: Like,
3: yeah, if,
0: if there's a team Wanti that you or- could, you could fake your way and just have people be like, "You see that Wanty guy riding around town? I, I mean, he's got the full kit, and like, I don't know, maybe he's like a trainee with him or something. You know, it's it's, it's a
3: good it's a good enough kit that it's Pro Tour, but it's just. Marginal enough that you're like, you know, they may have someone here in New England to specialize maybe in the gravel races, uh-huh. kind of like, you know, yeah. uh-huh. what, when they come race in Canada because they have to do the, you know, the the Quebec races. Um, mm-hmm. it's a solid point, low guy. I, uh, wanty may be the way if, to do this.
2: If I, if, if someone can get their hands on a wanty bottle, uh, I'm not imagining a lot of places are stocking, um, the, the <laughs> intermarche, uh, wanty, uh, merch, but, um, that would definitely be at the top of my list, I think, um, you know, otherwise, yeah, the, the FGJ, um, is probably my favorite, but also in a weird way, sort of like, because it's my favorite, I don't want it. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is just a problem I have personally. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: it's
3: a weird well, thing. there you go. But again, thanks to Ryan and Jason for the wonderful water bottles. Um, and, uh, If you guys want to ever email us or send us anything, just email us at the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. Tell me what's in it, and then I'll send it to whoever (laughs) should get it. (laughs) Um, It's a bad plan. Pretty awesome to to see. A little guy, uh, before we wrap up, um, you wanted to do a quick dad corner on cargo bikes. Um,
0: Dad corner. Yeah. Yep. Well, I got, I got two things uh, in Dad Corner tonight. One, I've got a quick first ride review. I got a Trail Gator uh, to tow the kid behind me. What's a Trail Gator? A regular bike. Is, is that an inline
3: it's, trail? trailer?
0: It's uh, so we all know uh, like tag alongs, right? It's mm-hmm. the little weird kid bike with just a rear wheel and they can pedal, but it's got no front wheel and a bar connects up to the parent's bike. Yep. Trail Gator is the same concept, but rather than it, you just mount it to the head tube of their bike they currently have and it sort of locks in place so they can sit on their normal bike and then the nice thing about it what i've experienced so far is like we rode over to cedar lake today and you just undo a quick release you can pull it off and there's a way to like kind of move the arm of it over onto my bike so it sort of like mounts on the side of my bike so then we could just go ride some trails together and then when we wanted to cruise home and like have time to hit the store i could hook him back up to my bike and turn it okay, back into a tag. so it's, so it's uh, called the it, trail it's, gator it's trail less
3: gator.
2: it's less of a um attachment kids bike whatever that you attach to your bike um single purpose mm. thing and more of a leash uh for yes. your kid like a firm it's a leash. bar
1: yeah
0: yeah um it's cool because yeah you can do those other things with it it's really weird to ride and maybe i'll get used to it but I'll, I'll give it maybe in a few weeks see how if i've gotten used to the feel of it but man does it feel weird like his weight shifting around i'm constantly like uh readjusting and uh-huh. it freaked me out to ride it on the road because i felt like i needed a two to three foot buffer on either side of me because i was just wobbling all the time trying to readjust for his weight um that being said, my son is about as twitchy as ala Philippe on a bike, So imagine <laughs> uh-huh. if you had a little miniature Ali Philippe um, <laughs> tagged behind you. Um, it It does throw off your weight and weight. but so
2: little guy, I, I have a very important question. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. This thing is obviously going to be a big part of little Tom and Boonin, lead uh, leadout training um, going mm-hmm. forward. How long, yeah, how many leadouts up. do you think you need to do before you take the bar off? Um, so at some point during the training ride, you sneak it off of both your bikes and, um, and you do the lead out and, you know, and you're like, I I was holding you the whole time kind of thing, but you weren't really. Uh And then he realizes it as he passes you for the town line sprint. Um, you know,
0: probably not many. He's already really into trying to sprint ahead of me, like when we're both riding. So he's into it. I think it's more making him climb hills because I... I was telling him to climb hills with me. He usually wants to give up on hills because he's a so, bit of a
2: sprinter. He is a sprinter. And so, <laughs> now,
0: I could feel, though, that he was pedaling all the way up the hills since I was helping. He, he was actually, you can tell when he's kicking in.
2: All right, getting an extra it. water, too. I love it.
0: Yeah. Now, I yeah, looked yeah. up
3: the trail gator, little guy, on the old Google machine, in images, it, the, the the front wheel is actually raised up off the ground.
0: Yeah, so it works just like uh, like a like a normal whatever those things are. Yeah, so it holds so, it so, up. So it's your kid funny. feels
3: like he's climbing all the time already.
0: A little bit. There's a thing to hold their bars so they can't like twist around. So they're just kind of sitting there and they can pedal. Um, so they have to pay attention, but they don't have to pay so much attention because their wheel. It's not like if I turn, he has to make sure he turns at the same angle as me, or we eat it. You yeah. know. Um.
2: Just but, like it's perfect but, sprinting training. It's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Just shut your brain off and follow my wheel. Let's go. Well,
0: he's really getting the RPMs, you know. He's going <laughs> to keep up with the speed we're going. Uh-huh. But I only just got it set up today. We just got it. Uh, going to get set up on a few bikes. So I'll have a long, more long-term review at some point. Okay, good. But the other thing I wanted to mention. In, oh, there's in, more. In dad, well, in dad world was that I've been uh, commuting to school in St. Paul, and then I come back... couple days a week and I ride over to Bryn Mawr to pick him up from from preschool Uh Uh and I've been experimenting with different ways to get there because my window to leave from school to get home to switch to the cargo bike to get to Bryn Mawr is like uh about like about an hour a little over an hour and sometimes like I had a flat one day and it it was tough like, I had, to put in a, I had to put in a big TT effort. I almost blew myself up. Okay. But I came up with a super good route where I went down by the walker, and I went over that uh, fun, twisty bridge that goes over the Cedar Lake Trail and puts you into Bryn Mawr Park.
2: Yep. You yeah, guys yeah. know
0: this bridge. It's where the Bandit Crosses always are in Minneapolis. And I, I found out that was, like, my fastest way to get there. And then I just take the trails home because we got more time. Mm-hmm. Well, then this week, I was like, cool, I got my new fast way to get there. I will be, I'll be on time, and I go over there, and there's a sign up. It says the bridge is closed. I was like, oh, man, uh, maybe they're doing a little work on it. And I look up, and they're not doing work on it. They were uh, cutting the railings off it because they'd already torn half of it down. Oh. <laughs> so my, um, my great route that I just finally worked out, the best, fastest route, has already been um, uh, blown up on me, literally. And if anyone knows Bryn Mawr in Minneapolis, if you're, like, coming from the south side, you got to cross train tracks, highways, gravel pits. Um, It's, like, very cut off from Mm -hmm. the south side of town. And that was the best, one of the best bike ways to get there. And they literally just blew it up on me. Um, And I was a little bummed about that. And I know you guys probably took that bridge a million times, too. It was a fun one with uh, twisty... um, it went up, like, two stories, and you had to twist yeah. up, like, three twists well, to the top, and it was fun. So it's a little sad to see that one go. Yeah.
3: I mean, it must be nice to have some enough bike infrastructure in your city to then just have to tear <laughs> some of it down. Um.
0: Well, you know, they, they just reopened the 24th, uh, the 24th Street pedestrian bridge that had been closed for a few years here in Minneapolis, and they put in a new one now that you can bike both directions. The old one, you could only bike one way, and then you had to walk down a staircase. So oh, it right. was a terrible bridge. They put in a new one, and like that just opened like within the last month. So it makes sense that then inevitably that means they're gonna blow up a pedestrian bridge in a different part of town.
2: Well, the the curly <laughs> Q. Just work. The curly Q bridge that they tore down was one of my favorites because when I lived in North Minneapolis, and I would have to visit literally anyone I knew who all everyone lived in South Minneapolis, I would have to go over that bridge. And at that time, yeah, yeah, at that time I was still messenger, so I still rode fixed gear bikes all the time. And going down the Curly Q on the fixed gear was one of the most fun things you could do because you're just sort of dragging the rear wheel all the way down.
0: Yeah, it was a fun bridge. And, yeah, if anyone's done a Bandit Cross in the Twin Cities.
2: That's uh, like four people.
0: Well, I bet there's more than that. Five. It was definitely, it definitely featured in a lot of those Bandit Cross races. And, uh. It was, it was a lot of fun. It was, it was one of the more fun bridges to
2: they take. Were, they were certainly in a lot of uh, like all-city marketing videos and things like that, but that's I don't true. know how if many people actually time. showed up.
3: <laughs> we, well, yeah, we're going to keep this conversation going about yeah, our mi- missing pieces of <laughs> hey. Minneapolis bike infrastructure, but we would like to thank all of our listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. You can also email us at theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. We love hearing from our listeners, even when we get it wrong. And we'd like to thank all of our members and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Check out wideanglepodium.com to find out how you can become a supporter of the network or purchase one of our limited edition episode 300 shirts. And with that, this is Tim in Orlando, Florida. This is Matt,
0: one bridge less in Minneapolis.
2: <laughs> and this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow
0: Ride Podcast. bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod.
3: are you one bridge less when they just opened up a new one? That would be net zero.
0: I suppose you're right.
1: There's an elegance to bike racing. For all its technology and engineering, it's a simple question of physics. How do you move a body through space as quickly and efficiently as possible. When the rider and the machine work as one, it's almost as if the solid world has melted away, and all that remains is the spirit, the pure, raw, and unfiltered soul of sport. Life is measured in many units, miles, kilometers, kilos, and pounds. But we measure it one corner at a time. We've entered the golden age of crit racing, The most exciting spectator event in sport, where all of human drama plays out before us on our city streets. On this show, we bring you the news of the day and take you inside the personalities of the teams and riders and right up to the gates of the premier events in the world. Welcome to Criterium Nation.